this podcast Pascal talks about how insurance companies could innovate so stay tuned Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Future of Data podcast. Today we have a great guest, uh Pascal Pamier. He is a digital analytics catalyst from at Swissray. Uh and his bio so after many years of helping to build the Swissnext network in Boston and in China, Pascal recently joined Swissray in Boston to help the digital analytics catalyst team identify and develop novel ideas. tech into sustainable business as part of the digital transformation of the insurance industry his team in boston and london is engaged uh, engaging with startups in academia in various fields of technology such as digital health iot ai he is currently working with his team at swissray to provide business solution based on the transformative power of data innovation So Pascal thank you so much uh, for agreeing to join our podcast and as I was reading um, your quick bio I think it was beautifully written by a marketer so it has almost every keyword from Gartner's hype curve that you could ever find in current ecosystem with almost every business that is uh, seeing the angst of this uh, this evolution so great job there and I think uh, as a starting I would love to have you fill in whatever I have missed um, in uh, in in this brief micro description of yourself. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me uh, on the uh, on the podcast. Pleasure to to share a little bit more. Uh, not a lot to add. I mean, the uh, yes, there's keywords, there's hype, but I think in the end, there's also a lot of work uh, behind. And I think uh, if there's one maybe. uh constant in in the work i think we we all do and and i'm sure that the listener would relate to this is uh is building up strong relationship and and meeting people and then just kind of learning from one another so uh beyond maybe the hype of marketing is just from my side also the passion of of exploring how different people intersect uh and i have to say and and we'll cover this a little bit later but the uh, insurance industry has been uh, full of those and uh, i got lucky to have different platforms and different regions to explore this uh over the years uh including china where a lot of things are happening uh obviously but uh let 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 let's dip in uh dig in on the uh, on the content and not stop on the uh, the gartner hype uh, cycle <laughs> So well said well said Pascal so let's let's talk about your journey your journey to the way you are today i think i i was i was flabbergasted by looking at your background we'll resume after a short break this part of the podcast is brought to you by first friday fair fastest ai powered way to find your next opportunity check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast Why don't you just walk us through um, your journey? Yeah, so, so you know, I grew up in a in a small place in uh, in Switzerland, and when you're in uh, probably the the number one country for uh, quality of life and others, you you don't want to venture out, right? So uh, eventually, I made my way to to Boston because of the the pool of the the graduate schools here. or what i believe would be a, a 10 months uh i would say stint or uh program 
doing corporate law. And then what happened is I was part of the, I would say, first wave of 1.0, the, the, the famous kind of dot-com activity. And this was permeating even the, uh, the law school where I went so that when I finished, uh, I discovered an entire new world of, you know, of ventures, of startups, of funding. Uh, and I decided to basically try to to make something out of it, and that's where I basically started working with entrepreneurs, uh, becoming a little bit familiar with technology. Uh, not not from the standpoint I would say of a, of a scientist, but more uh, just I would say as a connector, as someone who likes to explore again the the richness uh, behind people's background and what they can uh, they can do. So this materialized into what we call the first science and innovation uh, considered. So taking uh, the, the concept of old diplomacy and transforming it into something more uh, high-tech than it ever was. So we built up an accelerator um, or incubator, as it was called at the time, for tech startup. We started bringing small and large companies into the, the Boston area, including my, my current uh, employer. And we kind of rode the wave of this kind of uh, tech development. Uh, this then brought me to, to China to do things um, similarly at a little bit of a different scale. Uh, as you can imagine, and different speeds. So we had the, the hardware innovation programs in the south of China. We had the kind of uh, government-driven uh, innovation policy work in Beijing. And then we had the, the software uh, data novelties that were going on in, uh, in Shanghai. And, and after uh, you know doing this, um, it was a little bit of a stroke of luck. But I, I feel a little bit the same way, right? The insurance industry. Uh, is uh, certainly at the beginning of its digital transformation, if you want to use this word, or at least in terms of how technology can be there. But but the potential is just uh, is just fantastic. So this is uh, this is the journey in short. Wow, wow! I think fascinating. So um, I think by the way, I, I I love your story. So the other gentleman with with a law background ended up in some somewhere around innovation and data that we had uh, previously. He ended up becoming on cybersecurity, very fitting law. Oh, nice. But I think your yours is a very dynamic journey of innovation, transformation. So what what sparked what, so what sparked? Uh, to get to get here to sort of what is that moment when you said okay, maybe law is uh, let let me let me venture into the the fascinating world of innovation and all that. So what was that moment? No, I, th I think it was just uh, it was just curiosity uh, as as it's you know. Uh, most basic nature, right? Uh, I, I think we were a little bit covered in Switzerland by, uh, the, again, kind of the quality of life, the, the small scale of the place, so that uh, when you kind of take a little bit of a, of a broader approach, you, you discover what, uh, what you've missed. So uh, one of the fun stories there was that um, I went to school probably less than a mile away from uh, what is now one of the best engineering and by extension innovation school in Europe uh, called EPFL, but I had to go to Boston to discover the strengths of a, of a place like this. So I think it was just a, the reflection and going outside that, that showed a little bit the, the interest of things that were uh, going on. And again, I mean, similarly, when I started uh, discovering the, the world of insurance and reinsurance, uh, I had no clue uh, how many I would say links to society in general. Uh, this industry is uh, is providing. So um, I, I can probably this 
do this in a couple more industry, but <laughs> I have to say it was it was really kind of the the drive to uh, to explore that pushed me forward. Nice, nice. So let's 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 venture into Swiss Re. So to our audience, what does Swiss Re do? Yeah, so Swiss Re is a risk knowledge expert. If you want, we we like to use the model to say we want to make the world more resilient. Uh, so we are working with a group of stakeholders, obviously insurers. Insurers have different ways to seed us, as we say, or, or give us, if you want, the role to help them insure their own uh, business, if you want. So it's kind of insurance for insurer itself. It can be because they want to free up some capital reserve to make more business. But typically, reinsurance comes because we're there for the kind of extreme cases. Uh, if you follow a little bit the um, the, uh, the news, right, as soon as there's a, a natural catastrophe, uh, the U.S. had many over the years, uh, you see the reinsurers are kind of basically uh, front to the uh, claims uh, adjudication and, 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 and the payment and the reimbursement. So that means that by extension, if you uh, look back, since uh, we have high exposure actually globally, uh, reinsurance is really a global business, we need to understand extremely well the risk. And this is where the knowledge uh, piece comes in. Um, if you want to know and what's going to happen in terms of climate change across the region as vast, for example, of the east coast of the U.S., uh, you have to understand a lot of uh, a lot of activities. So this is what reinsurers do on one side, right? And then on the other side, uh, obviously, we have a lot of capital to deploy. So it's uh, kind of different um, asset allocation and, again, uh, kind of a very strong financial engineering in terms of knowing reserves, capital allocation, where do you place your uh, your money. And all of this, of course, as you can see, is linked to knowledge of not only the world as it is, but of, of technology, of data, there's kind of different layers, if you want, that kind of permeates the, uh, the, whole, uh, the whole industry. And, and typically, uh, funnily enough, it's, a, it's an industry that is um, in part non-US. Uh, non I think the, uh, the, 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 the banks and the financial sector were the first one back in the 1900s to think about reinsurance. Uh, Switzerland had this, uh, you know, ancestor of Swiss Re that was backed by the government. Another one of our competitors is called Munich Re, uh, and we are the kind of global leaders when it comes to that. Interesting, interesting. Thank you so much uh, uh, for, for walking us through what Swiss Re does. Um, I think, um, so let's let's get, I think one thing that, that I really like about, about your profile, uh, so besides, I was fascinated with the title, Head Digital Analytics Catalyst, it's a mouthful, it's like every word in itself is, is a stream that that's that's going out and then by the way for insurance right so like the the whole thing was like wow i need to i need to i need to bug you and 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 get you um, to to talk about some of the fun stuff so what exactly is head digital analytics catalyst means and and what's what's your role if right, you can, if you can right. walk us through that right so 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 you absolutely right i think each word uh, comes here for, for a reason, right? Uh, I mean, digital, I'm sure you've explored it into other uh, episodes of your podcast, but um, it, it's definitely the wave that's uh, going through some of the uh, the industry, right? You can think about healthcare, you can think about others. Uh, think about it this way. I mean, insurance is basically something that in terms of customer uh, experience, uh, we've all uh, done an experience. But it's still 
something that requires papers and, and various, uh, of course, transactions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about you know risk management, but the, the digital piece is really just kind of from uh, an industry perspective, understanding that uh, we have to to rethink a little bit the, the value chain now that new technologies are are, are bringing us, uh, I would say, reasons to do so. And and analytics brings the data piece, if you want, meaning that it's not only just kind of digital where you can bring uh, external consultants and you will redo your value chains, but the analytics piece comes both on the risk side, the customer side, and if you want for me, that, that's part of your kind of competitive strategy. This is where you can really kind of build up, if you want, the expertise that will make you uh, a stronger and, and, and really kind of a clear differentiator. And then the catalyst is just there uh, because we are an innovation group, right? We have data scientists within the companies that are running models, that are exploring uh, new ways of basically better identification, pricing of risk, go all the way to uh, some other kind of creative ways to help clients. But our group and where Catalyst is there is really to serve a little bit at the boundary between the internal world of the company and the external world. So short, uh, I would say summary would be to say we are the connectors in terms of data innovation for the group. So think of us as a corporate innovation lab with kind of the revolution taking place around data and kind of the new uses of data and sources of data as the kind of primary driver of what we do. So again, we're not uh, using the kind of current tools, but we're looking at some of the uh, innovation out there uh, that would change the way that um, I think all of us work in the in the industry. Interesting, and and and, and thank you so much for sharing that. I think one thing that that I really like uh, uh, with the word catalyst or labs or like it it brings us to ideation and future of thinking and all that fun stuff. But when I see those words coming out of very legacy old companies, like so, <clears throat> insurance very regulated, very uh, uh, careful on what to move next. When that industry talk about catalyst, what 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 does the catalyst to those companies really mean? Like how do you, how do you cope up something like this? Uh, how do you plan to design something like so? If if you have put up this task, hey, put up a great catalyst team so we can figure out the next opportunity, whether it's digital health, whether it's IoT, whether it's AI. How do you how do you end up design, like design? What are what are some of the things are that you considered uh, when you were designing a thing? Which team? How to put together the team? So what's your secret sauce there? If you can share, share yeah. Some so I, I think we're very much an experiment. I think it's important to highlight this, right? Uh, it's now you know we 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 counting our history in terms of month. Uh, the group itself, you know, the the the, the strategy is, is always evolving. So I think we should we should be placed if you want. Uh, both internally, but I mean more broadly as part of the experiment the, the industry is uh, is going through, right? Uh, if, if you look a little bit externally, you'll have, you know, the CBC, the corporate venture capital that will be there. You'll see some group doing partnerships. You'll see some group having, you know, kind of skunk works, uh, activities as such. And I would say we haven't made too much investment, but we've been a little bit given so far a little bit the mission and if you want the freedom um, to think about which model would fit the best and what's interesting is uh, you, you could see different directions between uh, what colleagues do in Europe and what we do um, here in the US and, and you can see that with every interaction both uh, with our colleagues and also externally uh, we've been kind of uh, doing new activities so I would say on a very kind of concrete size what we do uh, is try to do really two things. 
either find sources of, of partnerships that basically can advance us um, towards of our you know clients, for example. So if people do better risk analysis, if people do, I don't know, in in the life and health space, if they know better exactly you know what Vishal's health is compared to some of the uh, to some of the other, that, that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is really trying to think, okay, can we take one of the big uh, topic of the day and, and break it down to the size of something that we can that we can pilot right uh, that's where I think the lab piece comes in is uh, the industry Swiss has been really good at strong products uh, products that can be rolled out and others I think it's really difficult to go to a 1 billion projects mm -hmm. using technology without having some of the intermediary step of you know piloting refining experimenting scaling up and others so we are at the piece where we're experimenting to give you just one example uh, one of the topic we like is the, the sharing economy mm -hmm. um, and we've been now working on and trying to see is there a different ways uh, to offer services to platforms of the sharing economy than it is currently, right? Uh, you are in a very nice office, in a very nice home. Uh, if you wanted to go and, and rent your home, sure enough, your home insurance policy is not going to cover this, right? Mm. There's going to be holes in there. And the sharing economy we've seen with, with Uber and others, they're kind of shaking a little bit the kind of regulatory world, if you want. And sure enough, from an insurance perspective, it's the same way. So taking this, we're trying to rebuild, if you want, how this could look like from a digital insurance perspective, right? And rather than using, I think you use the word kind of legacy and regulatory, rather than worrying too much about this, mm. it's really more kind of borrowing from, you know, travel industries and others where they've been really able to kind of digitize and, and move forward. So this this is uh, where we come in. So these are kind of the, the, the if you want the project size, one other area that we can explore in, in, in more uh, depth, if you would like, is also that we are trying to bring this innovation, a little bit kind of design thinking to the to the company. So one part is working on the projects, the other part is certainly working also on a kind of different approach of innovation internally, changing a little bit the, the culture of how we work, which we find also as a great mission for our team. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job let's get back to the podcast interesting so um, i think uh, this is so this is one of the one of the primal requests from most of our uh, like audience so they are put up they are asked to put up something like a lab framework uh, mm -hmm. to to make sure that they have a, sh a shorter route to ideation they can execute something quickly they can sniff something quickly fa and, and and react on it rapidly and almost like we find ourselves in those conversations many times of what are what are the first three to four or to five steps that we could that we could do, <clears throat> excuse me, to to sort of execute on this vision of um, whether you call it catalyst, whether you call it lab. So, like now now considering your example, so if 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 some if say I am coming into a very regulated in industry with a very cultural sensitive uh, ecosystem. And I've been, and I'm asked to put up a lab. Like, what are what are the like two to three thoughts that would come to your mind um, to help me execute it better or something? If you can share, yeah, share something. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the, I don't think there's any classic formula. And again, uh, I would 
you know, uh, put a label to my comments as saying we're we're running the experiment mm. as we go. Right. Uh, but but one of the obvious first step is uh, is executive sponsorship in one way or another, mm. right? Uh, you 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 need you need to have this for for a few reasons. Um, you want to have a little bit of budget if you can. You you want to be also kind of shielded maybe from the interference of day to day. You want to be having you know KPIs and ways of working that are certainly different from the the rest of the organization, and, and, and you want to get people excited about what you do, and, and not have to kind of be on on the defensive. So that that's that's the first one I would say. The second one, uh, which I found interesting, uh, also in our case, others have seen this, but it, it's really kind of linking through then kind of you know different uh, group, different business unit, uh, having the potential, and this is really something that I found fascinating uh, to create some sort of you know, this cross-functional, a little bit um, teams that, that that could join together on on projects. So having a little bit like the the movie producers, the role of creating the cast and having the understanding from uh, again kind of the, the the executive level, but also the teams that that you can create some of this. I think has been has been terrific. And then I think the the third one, just to to throw in another one is have this opening to uh, the kind of external world because I think this is also how you basically explore and, and in the end kind of use the, uh, the external ideas. So um, it can take any form, right? We, we have some partnerships with Accelerator. Mm -hmm. We've been working with some, um, you know, academic groups as well, whatever you want to do. But you, you, you basically need to have a little bit the, the humility as well to kind of mix in the external environment into, uh, into what you do. Some people like to invest into startup because then they get a, a close aspect. I think we've liked better um, to use kind of you know some of the connectors to directors to to some of the resources. But th this would be the, the 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 three aspects I would highlight as a start. Interesting and and definitely uh, pretty cool. So executive sponsorship. I think this is this is this has come a lot in our previous conversation as well. Like what are some of some of your um, um, say ninja techniques when it comes <laughs> to securing um, executive sponsorship. Like, what are some of the suggestions that you would give to anyone seeking uh, to buy, like leaders buy in into their vision of uh, any thoughts there? Yeah. So, so, so the way I approach this, uh, we talked about this often with uh, with colleagues. Is uh, you need to find the right approach, right? You need to understand. I think the culture of your company, how do things get decided? You need to understand as well how information is shared. You need to basically start with the, 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 the circle of, of first level understanding of, of if you want the, uh, the governing mechanisms of, of how things work, right? So, so this, is, this is the start and there you have to probably bucket a little bit the things that are uh, maybe color coded, right? The things that are uh, a little bit green where you know that the things will work out, uh, people will give you a thumbs up and they will move, or the things that are red where you know that if you're coming in, in a way with a, with a presentation or something uh, that you're presenting and it doesn't have the minimum requirement, it's gonna be sidelining, right? And I think where we've been operating is a little bit in the orange or gray <laughs> zone in the middle, right? And what, we, what we're trying to do is every time we, we, we present or we interact and others is kind of linking a little bit and I think this is something uh, that a lot of, of listeners would relate to uh, related to the to the overall strategic uh, objectives 
and finding a way if you want to, to, to bridge the gap with the kind of innovation uh, aspects, right? Take the sharing economy, it probably wouldn't fit within one of the, the top strategic objectives because we don't have anything mm. to deploy. But, but sure enough, right, you can, you can relate this to maybe new ways of transactioning in, in, in casualty and liability in our case. And then the role basically becomes how to, to a certain extent, borrow a little bit from the startup. I think we take a lot of cues from the entrepreneurs and the startup. Um, so again, the word entrepreneurs uh, come to mind. So maybe the, mm. the intra piece is what I was discussing before. You know, make sure you respect the basics of communications, of course, you know, line management, relationship meetings, and, and, and the, the, the code. But then, you know, try to borrow as well from the entrepreneur, right? Uh, hack maybe your way into some of the discussion. Um, sometimes, and this is, this is also uh, something that, that we're starting to see, is um, you can find different person also from external that can be uh, kind of validating some of, some of the things you do. Uh, I, th I think you have to be a little bit kind of navigating uh, this two world. And uh, I think if there's one summary on this point, I'm sure that a lot of listeners will relate to this is you're always a little bit on the, on, on the line, right? I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you're in between this kind of external way of doing things where uh, you're going very fast, things very exciting, and you have to translate this into a way that is kind of understandable, digestible, and actionable from the, from the executive. And, and your role, I think, in this lab is, is to be at the juncture of this, uh, these two things. We'll resume after a short break. This part of the podcast is brought to you by First Friday Fair, fastest AI-powered way to find your next opportunity. Check out the website firstfridayfair.tao.ai and find your next dream job. Let's get back to the podcast. Thank you so much for, for, for walking us through that. So one thing that, that um, I, I picked from your profile and, and the companies that you worked for, like almost everyone is either like they're transcontinental, uh, not even transnational. So they are spread apart. They're all over the place. Um, and uh, like every uh, GeoLoco had their own sort of uh, focus and doing their own thing. And when you are asked to put up so-called venture lab or so-called uh, catalyst, so-called lab, like what are some of the things that uh, that that you think you do dif like uh, that one do does differently than when it comes to say a, a U.S. company trying to create a U.S. lab or something? So what are some of the extra headaches or my or challenges, uh, so to speak, that would come to your mind that uh, you have to uh, keep an eye on when you're designing something like this? Right, right. Well, it, it's very interesting, and, and we haven't done this, but uh, I would say between uh, Europe and, and, and the U.S., uh, we've seen with some of our partners that you can actually uh, try and, and, and to a certain extent replicate or use the partnerships. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's public knowledge, but we are partner uh, to, give, to give an example with Mass Challenge that is uh, a global accelerator, if you want. And, and, and we've been able to really kind of... Uh, do a couple things well uh, in different places, right? Um, so this is, for example, having access to what you could call solutions, right? You you give uh, typically accelerator a list of saying, well, I need an IoT uh, company uh, that can be kind of using sensors so that I can use raw data to do activities, and 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 you can do if you want things uh, in parallel and run things a little bit in parallel with. In the end, of course, uh, strong links to your uh, headquarters where 
uh, obviously most of the of the people are. I think what, as, as you're adding up one more, if we had to uh, add, for example, something in Asia, then it will become uh, a little bit more difficult because the, the if you want the uh, the aspect of localizing into the ecosystem uh, would be would be very very different. But I would say as a company, what we try to do is not kind of be over presence everywhere, but select a couple of partners in each of the locations where we are, and I think they act a little bit as our anchor. And rather than again kind of multiplying all our efforts, is use these kind of first partners. Uh, to grow, so uh, we have a different uh, again kind of academic, uh, even investors, partners, and each, and and they basically become a little bit the anchor. Then I think to to your point also on maybe the organization uh, where it becomes very interesting is that then you have a, a, a regional, if you want, loop mm. uh, that's what's happening. We have our headquarter not too far away here in in New York, and what has been really also very interesting is to see how we can kind of use a little bit this proximity um, to bring people in. Uh, so if, if one thing uh, that I could add there is I think having the opportunity of bringing, if you want, your internal colleagues into your environment, uh, mm -hmm. into this kind of lab environment, I think is extremely important. Uh, again, I think it would look different in, in each place. Mm. This is maybe more something uh, that's there, but some sort of you know deep dive or programs. And we've had, for example, also the role of helping some of the, the team with their own projects to come over here. And I would say this has been something that uh, grew a little bit naturally, but we we saw a lot of uh, a lot of value. Interesting, interesting. Uh, makes perfect sense. So now, now let's talk about um, some of the challenges. Uh, some of the challenges mm. that 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 you face um, um, in 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 your in your current infrastructure. So what are also your current setup or 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 personally, when you're putting up a analytics uh, digital um, analytics catalyst. So if you can shed some light there. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, one one of the challenge has to do obviously. Uh, with the industry, right? Uh, it was very interesting coming from outside the industry that uh, every time I was saying, no, you cannot do this, no, you cannot do that because you have this, this kind of regulatory environment to work with. Uh, so it's a little bit like this uh, cat and mouse game where, you know, one door comes in and another uh, opens. You have to, to really navigate a complex environment. It's not impossible. But it's uh, it's uh, it's an additional way of working when you know even like predictive analytics that's uh, that's a big deal, right? For example, mm. for for underwriting, um, you know, not every regulator is there, or, or 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 just kind of you know using data and others. I think there's there's lots of things that we have to put into uh, a frame again. Uh, to my points earlier, that's kind of fairly uh, fairly rigid. So that that has been uh, one thing. I would say the second thing has been really also back to one of your earlier points is how do we, um, if you want to take everything that we see externally, the, the richness of, of the contact, the technology, the, the potential, and kind of channel this into something that's actionable, measurable, and, and will kind of, you know, uh, bear actions moving forward. And this brings in the, the third one, which is creating a portfolio of activity that, that's balanced. I think that, that's mm -hmm. something that, that's really difficult. You don't want to go only for what you could call the quick win, right? Where you know you connect one person, you start a small project. You also want to 
uh, have something that might have a little bit more kind of time to market or that will um, make time to explore. Uh, but it's gonna it's gonna take uh, quite a bit uh, quite a quite a bit of time, right? So so building up the, the portfolio has been um, it's been certainly uh, a challenge. And then finally, I would add the fact that. Um, there's again talking of gap quite a bit of, of education to be done so uh, we tend to be fast in the team because we all been involved in one way or another with either startup or, or technology related uh, ways so um, we need to derive as well the right way of, of working with colleagues maybe sometimes a little bit the, 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 the patience to a certain extent to make uh, to make things uh, go forward interesting interesting i think as as you were uh, uh, talking about the challenges or, or uh, that you are that you are seeing today one thing that that came that came to my mind was uh, uh, like how to build like so what are the the best player uh, that sure. that you would have in your team so what are some of some of the some of the interesting profile that that either you have or right. you want to see or at least if 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 someone is asked to put up a, a lab or catalyst these are like three or four personalities that that would be amazing to have. So, what are some of the thoughts? Yeah. There? So, I, I I think we got lucky, and uh, uh, honestly, I think you you'll see more and more of this uh, in the insurance industry, right? Mm. People mm. that have an interest for data science, analytics, even just kind of mathematics is, after all, I I, I like to say it's mathematics and regulation, as we said mm. before, right? Mm. Uh, so so. Both lawyers and, and and data scientists will be will be happy there. Uh, the, the the profile for me are again kind of people that can uh, bridge different aspects. Uh, have first uh, a little bit of a, of an expertise. Uh, we have someone in the team who's just a world class uh, doer in uh, in IoT. Uh, we have uh, another woman that that's really strong in uh, in digit, digital health. So I think you need. You need to place your bets on some persons that have at least the potential to really be uh, kind of taking advantage of their knowledge of the field, kind of growing this as an aspect. But then I think more importantly uh, is, is the ability to, to implement, move things forward and, and execute. And I think this is where, um, you know, there's this big talk about growth hacking in marketing. Uh, this is the equivalent of cross hacking for if you want a slow moving. So it's 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 basically maybe implementation hacking, right? What what are the tools? What are the next step? How do you get more of the budget? How do you move forward? And and, and I think this is kind of a, a spe specific type of person that can have kind of the the, the different skills. But uh, I would say. This piece on, on on really making sure that things move forward uh, a little bit uh, the, the the kind of uh, resiliency as well to, to go through this is uh, extremely important uh, to my sense. So uh, we have you know former entrepreneurs, we have people that were working uh, in some of the large institutions around, but I think all of us are, are driven really by by the desire to, to make things uh, a little bit move uh, move forward uh, without having any roadmap as well, like little C provision, little roadmap. Um, and, and it might look a little bit cliche, but uh, if, if projects don't work out, it's fine, right? Yeah. Uh, that there's, there's certainly a, a, an appetite for, if, if not failure, at least uh, challenging and changing conditions. It's uh, well said, well said, I think, Pascal, I, I love it. So what, one, one interesting thing that, that, that we uh, hear a lot from the labs infrastructure, right? So 
many um and i don't know as, as you rightly said you are even you are experimenting with with, with your catalyst or where it goes and how where it is so one thing that we heard about is so uh, lab has in, in its own way it's have its its own pace to innovate to bring innovation to recruit innovation to incubate something to get something validated pretty quickly or or whichever pace uh, it it goes with but normally the companies that that are that are pursuing those labs um, and i think you briefly touched in in, in your previous conversations that um it takes it their their own time it's a, it's a cultural fit there's a there's a there's a process you need to get buy ins you need to get sponsors and all that fun stuff so um what are some of the some of the um uh jitters or some of the some of the um like how to, how to match the two how to match the um the misconception between uh, what what how fast the lab goes vis-a-vis what like what uh, any big corporation which is heavily regulated yeah. could could, pro- could yeah. progress with it so, so so i think th- there uh, again i don't think there's any magic formula right um you, you can again bring the example of of some of the clients because any any company is, is making money if your clients are innovating at a pace that's higher than yours uh maybe you know that that's a signal for your for your uh company right so um i would say if i had to um to to do there uh, a little brief for uh, for an executive i would say let's look at the lab of of one of the top uh, insurance company hmm. you know let's measure the output let's measure maybe the uh, number of you know products in any given years and others or or ideas that come out even just kind of measuring some of the white papers is is pretty interesting because i think it gives you a little sense of how much research and activities that have been uh, put out there again some of them are have labs that are even semi open so so th- this would be one way would be kind of externally what i found more interesting to do internally is activities that have been looking at doing a little bit similar things um within the company and from there on if you want kind of making sure that we we connect to those and to a certain extent this is where uh it's 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 becoming a a larger team efforts and it's a collective play right you're not necessarily working only for your projects but you basically trying to accelerate boost facilitate the, the knowledge of others and and raising maybe the innovation capabilities uh of different groups i think that that's one way that you can accelerate some of those uh some of those uh those projects interesting and i think one thing that that also i i like about about your profile was your experience with transformation uh, transformational leadership right so uh, again so when when we when we think about transforming the financial services or an insurance like heavy vertical which are very regulated big in size uh, and then you you have these labs uh, right so how do they they mess around uh, with with the with the original transformation of of how the company so like what's the like what is the future through this lab because these labs are critical right so now every business is uh-huh. seeing uh, attention deficit disorder right so every every business is now that's they want that's a great question and I, 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 I think on that you know i, I can only repeat a, a little bit the uh, sometimes the, the mission that we're being given is uh, you guys will be measured by the rate at which you know you'll make yourself redundant i i i, I think that's a good way we good way to do it right your mission might change the topic might change but the the the, the true success and i'm not entirely sure that that's that's absolutely true but it's maybe the day where you know other parts of the group will appropriate themselves the methodologies will you know take over some of the projects 
or, or, or will start their own uh, managing their own partnership uh, externally. So if I had to kind of, you know, build up a little bit the uh, lab's future, if you want, is like trying uh, to cut a little bit across the different pieces of the company and, and try to see where basically we can house some of the various pieces of the puzzles that we've been uh, that, that we've been building and, and and I think for labs this is typically a, a, a way to to kind of evolve as well um, again I mean on, on another aspect would be to say we you focused initially internally and then you kind of you know start going externally this might be this might be another way or you know something that would be extremely interesting to, to see um, you, you start to see this and very often it started mostly out of rather than inside the industry, but uh, maybe it becomes a, a more kind of collective approach of what you can uh, you can be doing. Uh, maybe there's enough uh, potential to do things at scale right from the beginning and do it uh, with other partners from the industry than, than just yours. So um, I think as every entrepreneur, uh, the lab itself should have its own kind of exit strategy, and it mm. um, it speaks to some of the comments we made earlier. Right, it speaks to the the persons that you want to have work with you. It speaks to the the kind of timeline that you have to choose for project. If something will last, you know, ten years of of development and hundreds of million, you're probably uh, out of the scope of of any lab. And and finally, it speaks also a little bit about the mindset of how you kind of manage it uh, on a day to day basis. No, I, I, absolutely. I think rightly said because um, it's it's yet to see um, at, at least in in the insurance company, right? So I I I, I spoke to like a lot of uh, insurance leaders from it from um, uh, top insurance in in US, and almost everyone is I I can I can feel the the sense of the frustration for at least people who are who are either on the innovation end or or either whether it's claims whether it's commercial whether it's uh, personal lines whichever wherever you are that um, their ability or what the in the innovation framework demand vis-a-vis what really insurance can 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 adhere and that mismatch sort of uh, so it's it, it's just it's just a tug of uh, tug of war between between many of these and I think that's why I have so much respect for you, for for you, like you and and anyone who's sort of disrupting that that vertical and I, I like I'm not sure how uh, besides uh, giving them a free access to hot yoga or whatever how you can sort of pacify the leaders to just like amp or or prep the the organizational culture. To sort of innovate through this this innovative frameworks because when you have uh, your business on um, on ADHD, how can you innovate in that in in that in that quorum? Right, right, right. So interesting. So let's let's talk about um, some of the KPIs. Uh, you as a leader or you as sort of a, as a head of a, a catalyst that you need to need to worry on on sort of or or at least a, anyone who's actually putting up a catalyst or a lab together. What are some of the KPIs right. that, that that they would be uh, that comes to your mind that they should they should keep an eye yeah. on? Yeah, so so I, I I would I would you know look look at kind of three groups. The the first one, uh, you know, it's what you can measure with your eye, right? Which is the uh, the the portfolio, like how many projects, what's the stage of implementation, uh, which kind of support are you getting, uh, what are the uh, partners externally internally that you have, uh, a, a, a little bit the. Uh, the the storyline, but more than that, the the potential for for things to go on. Uh, so that that's you know one way one way to to look at it. It's a little bit your your 
your output and, and, and this I think is, is, is fairly well known. Uh, the second part I think is more on for me on, on, on how do you bring this within the organization, right? Um, so how many groups you're partnering with, what are the levels of uh, kind of visitors that comes to see you, how can you kind of make things happen um, in partnership with some of the other person. Uh, again, something that you can uh, just measure by, by the level of interaction and, and, and your kind of relationship making and I'd say kind of building up the network internally as well because a lab is just as good as you know its position within a within a company, uh, especially for something uh, like we're doing, which is kind of based on, as I said, kind of very multiple teams. Right? It's not where you can build a, a, an iPhone and then just kind of roll it out. You need you need to be extremely close of the group, even though you want to be outside for generating some of the uh, the kind of entrepreneurial DNA. And then the last part I would say is what, what's a little bit the mind share, right? Uh, how does your group uh, get kind of, you know, cited, seen on the intranet, understood by executives, and, and, and maybe externally as well, right? Because in, in, in the end, uh, there, there's also a, a, a fair amount of, of noise out there. Is what, what is a little bit the kind of uh, reputation you, you're building as uh, in an ecosystem like uh, like Boston? I mean, do 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 opportunities come also a little bit your way? Um, do you find that, that people engage with you in in, uh, in all kinds of activities? I, I would use also this uh, as a, as another one of the of the KPI to, to measure what we're doing. Interesting, interesting. Um, so. Let's talk about um, while we're at, we're at Cog KPI. What's your KPI? Like, what's your personal um, best practices? That's your key to success. That that you really very, yeah very yeah yeah. So so I think you know for me I'm, I'm I'm again I'm looking at it through the eyes of a of a team right. Uh, the, the 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 personal KPI or or the the one that I think is the best is like how far do we develop uh, ourselves right. Uh, and, and I think that's a great uh, way to see, you know, how you've added value on some of the projects, what you've learned, how much you've kind of built up uh, everyone. So I want to I want to see all of us uh, within the team basically uh, move on, if you want, in, in terms of of what we can contribute and how. And I'm not saying necessarily career-wise. I hope that career-wise, there's you know obviously a reward attached to, to some of the risk that we are doing, but I'm, I'm more thinking of it in a way as to say, do we get uh, also the kind of trust and, and, and confidence and, 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 and do we get, again, kind of the, uh, I would say, stickiness uh, within some of the groups uh, that we're developing. So I think that's the, uh, that, that's, that's the KPI because in the end, I think the transformation, uh, if we go back to the, to the digital transformation, happens through people, right? So, so the more you can uh, kind of do this either on a large scale by doing group work, you know, webinars and others, uh, but also uh, you can do through collaboration on projects and some of this team, I think the faster your, your digital transformation. So for me, kind of this, this digital DNA piece, if you want, is core to the, uh, to the success and that's how I would measure the, uh, the metrics more than some of the maybe kind of specific projects. Interesting, interesting, and and while while we're we are at, at 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 personal KPIs, I think one thing I definitely need your input on is uh, your prophecy your professor prophecy on insurance <clears throat> industry. Yeah. So so um, 
i think i i've been in one of the conversation talking uh, with one of the insurance executive talking about um uh, i think autonomous vehicle and how autonomous vehicle now with all the iot and sensory data like many of these vendor would probably take insurance in their own hand because they have a better understanding of the risk and and all that so what are some of some of the some of the indicators um, or some of some of your th- uh, thinkings around where the future of insurance and the reinsurer uh would be in yeah. 5 to 10 yeah. years so, so so i think you'll see a lot of uh, of adaptation rather than disruption um and it's interesting to see in the the conversation we're having uh of course it's been it's been uh, also well published but there's a very collaborative activity it's honestly hard enough <laughs> to be an insurance company that you don't want to become an insurance company so mm-hmm. i think you know that the the best uh ideas out there, I doubt that there's uh, a sufficiently uh, solid uh, aspect of, of really kind of becoming a, a large company, which means that uh, there's certainly an advantage for some of the established player. Therefore, you know, the, 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 the prophecy, if you want moving forward, will be how you're going to use uh, the amazing uh, sources of technology to do your business better than your competitors, right? Uh, and again, I think it has kind of different pockets of activities. Uh, what we see now, what we started to see is that definitely a value added and kind of a, a customer uh, attractiveness if you can be, uh, if you can be digital. So the, the first aspect will be certainly, you know, can you have a fully digital experience to offer to your uh, to your clients and I think there you'll see some some early winners you see some of the large companies uh, where you can start on your mobile be omni channels uh, and others so I think I think you'd see this um, if you mm-hmm. want as a as a as a first uh, aspect which I found very interesting a second aspect linked to maybe what you were saying uh, be it you know IOT or other sources of data is uh, you will see risk being managed in a very different way, right? I mean, health risk, for example, is going to be kind of completely changing because now, again, we can know much better how people are and, and what they're doing, which brings the next level where I think insurance will be not only a payment premium and kind of, you know, claim payment uh, play, if you want, but really embedded into a full kind of, you know, service uh, aspect. Will it be embedded into your product like a lot of people are talking about when you see autonomous vehicle and and Tesla? Possibly, Uh, but I can see insurance companies becoming much better at being part of the overall, you know, prevention if it comes, you know, to health and disease, uh, kind of you know risk prevention when it comes to some of the aspect of uh, of a home, for example. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, services that will come out of it, just because these services will reinforce the core business of uh, of insurance. And then I think finally, if you look at it from 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 the reinsurance perspective, is in between you know, new risk like cyber that, that will kind of have a, an explosing growth and risk that might disappear uh, like auto, you're going to see a, a shift as well on how we can see and adapt to uh, to large risk and certainly new stakeholders uh, coming in, right? Uh, we see governments now, for example, being much more interested in managing some of the large risk uh, linked to, uh, to climate change. 
I think, you know, again, large company, when it comes to cyber, will have a lot of things to do. So I think you'll have new player, new entrants, and a little bit of a reshuffling of the risk in different ways. I think interesting. So um, one one conversation that comes to my mind. So I was talking to one of the chief risk officer of one of the large bank, and and he was he was discussing Vishal. You know what keeps me up at night? Uh, a bank cannot be a software, but a software can be a bank, right? Yeah. And 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 it's just it's just the regulation that's holding us back and giving us that security net. But uh, and I think we we saw briefly that moment in in insurance with Lemonade and and like all these guys emerging. It's like Uber Uberification of of uh, uh, so-called insurance. So what are some of the safety nets or safety shields that that you think that um, in current in current either executives on insurance company or at least these heavily 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 regulated industry which are now protected by by trade or by by government, uh, but but could actually the moment uh, that piece is uh, is shifted. They would be vulnerable to any any cool software uh, eating their pie. Like, what are some of some of your thinking on? And and, and I think that's why I'm a big fan that uh, yeah. you doing a catalyst and all. I think that's. One, but but what are your some of the things that, that yeah, yeah. guys could do to save themselves? Right, right. Well, well, again, I think you know you have uh, you have an expertise. Uh, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm starting with the, with the people part of the business, but you, ha- you have an expertise that you're not going to find anywhere else. Again, kind of understanding how to price your risk, underwrite it, you know, putting the reserve and others. Uh, it's just not something that, that you can kind of recreate uh, overnight. I think you mentioned Lemonade, and, and this is certainly something that uh, they, they spend a lot of time on. Uh, obviously, they, they, they take a different approach than, uh, than some others. So I think, you know, just kind of this aspect of the industry and, and this knowledge will be something that certainly you can buy out but it's going to be uh, expensive and and this is kind of a little bit of special sauce if you want that that will certainly kind of uh, carry forward even if software is going to eat the world in the future right then you obviously have the the the, the, the capital aspect uh, you might say you know low low interest rates, uh, plenty of capital, uh, private equity and others would be very interesting in trading risks certainly, uh, but it remains that, you know, uh, you, you're never uh, too far away from something that can wipe out quite a bit of reserves. So I think, you know, there's also this kind of uh, a little bit safety, security links to the, to the regulator that is there. And then I would say that I think the insurance industry is in, is in movement, right? The actuarial persons are learning to work with the data scientists. Uh, you know, some of the, the large companies uh, are certainly going to be working a little bit closer with the with the insurance group. So I, I think to a certain extent, if there was one conflict to be had, is that these conversations are starting to happen. And mm. to finish uh, on this, maybe on one of the, 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 the point I, I was doing first, is we're getting some very interesting people in the industry. And I think for me, that, that's a good signal, right? Uh, I think if you're able to kind of also generate um, an exciting place to work where, you know, the new PhD will be, you know, doing all of the work, or if a professor comes to you and say, hey, I've been willing to, you know, test my uh, model on, on catastrophe. And I think now, you know, we, we're talking peer to peer. I think, I think if, if you have this as a signal, it's probably also some comforts that uh, something good is happening in the industry. Right. No, I think that well said. And um, uh, that reminds me about one of the conversation I had with, with I think, FICO or uh, one of those guys. So 
it's around changing risk profiles and i think i definitely i want i want a quick perspective on that so so we are seeing now cyber securities in the picture now with iot i'm wearing bunch of iot's now and and the moment i i i, I end up in in europe uh, and i was talking to a one of the ge's uh, executive on like the iot have no 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 sense of trade laws right so iot is just sort of sharing data with 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 with, with this master and somehow these guys are many of these guys are ai loaded so they can just negotiate the best route and all that right so now trade has no 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 respect for at least no tolerance to technology like the, how rapidly technology is going because they care about people and technology has no respect for trade because they cannot wait for trade to happen before before they disrupt right so how would insurance companies cope up with this changing risk profiles because they like they have primarily been a passive risk uh, calculator but now we are with this iot we can calculate risk on a real time and and sort of be be more more active than reactive so what like how are these insurance coping up uh, if you can shed some light on on that yeah yeah so i mean you you, you know you see some of this happening uh, already in 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 some some lines right um think about telematics for example um i can be you know driving my car with just my cell phone and and within you know a couple drives you would know exactly how to price me or at least the 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 risk that i represent uh and 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 that's you know that that's an amazing uh that's an amazing development right uh you you don't need any kind of specific software just kind of your phone will will be enough uh this you can see already in in Europe being implemented and i think this this is going to be risk reduction uh people say that after a while you don't you don't you forget that someone is kind of tracking a little bit how you drive but i think if your insurance company is there to kind of coach you in the back this can uh, this can have a uh an impact right if if we look at iot for you know for for buildings or or for things that are a little bit larger cargo and others again i think this is where i see a little bit this kind of embeddedness into services right mm. um this is where i think insurance will be now either a little bit kind of as the 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 backbone of any of the uh transcontinental service that you can roll out where it can be kind of uh, an add on to something that that already uh, happens where it can be also to a certain extent maybe more and more parametric i think that's a, that's a big deal in the industry right uh we've been working for example on a on a flight delay uh program which is kind of you know full digital full parametric so i think you'll see some of this happening as well where the the risk the claim and others are embedded into some of this iot and ai that you were uh, that you were describing where basically the data speaks a little bit for itself which obviously means kind of a completely different uh, product and services and then i think finally um it's going to be more interesting to see on the on the personal side right how does this kind of data explosion uh, links to privacy i think this is one of for me the uh, the big battle in the in the future or if not battle it is one of the the big discussion from the industry it's going to look certainly different in europe than in the us right uh, we have just to uh, see some of the the large giants of tech to see how how different the privacy looks like and and in in different uh, in different work but uh, i think this is certainly one of the uh, one of the very exciting uh, challenge that that will happen in the in the future because of course the data is going to be there what i'm hoping is that uh you know as a future uh person that has all of this data i might actually 
keep enough control of it myself, right? So mm. think about it. There's a couple of companies that are working on this, but creating a little bit your personal data treasury and then using this as a way to kind of negotiate, uh, obviously with financial services, with healthcare, or why not, might be a very interesting uh, way forward. So on the personal side, it might actually give you back some of what you had lost uh, if, um, if, if some companies are smart about doing it. Interesting, interesting, and thank you so much for sharing that. So I think we are almost at the tail end of the of the of our conversation. So one thing I definitely ask every um, uh, sort of interviewee in, in in the podcast is their favorite read. So is there any any read that you want to share with our audience, and and why would why you love it, and what so? <laughs> well, it, it's just uh, it's just the last one I read, which I found really interesting is. It's trying sometimes, you know, to, to take the, the, the next step and, and, and try to put where we're living into a little bit of a broader perspective. And I think it has helped me because, uh, again, being new to the insurance industry, I only see like this small piece of the movie. And, and, and the book that I was reading recently was Sapiens, right, which is this kind of mm. history of humanity. I know that a lot of people have read it, but if I, if I look at it, I've, I've, I've used some of the ways to kind of unpack, you know, almost millions of years of history to unpack, you know, 150 years of history in, uh, in insurance. So this has been my, uh, my read uh, there when I'm not reading some of the, the, the tech stuff and, and things like this. It's been a, it's been a, a, a good read. Uh, other than this, there's, there's a few uh, really kind of cool um, newsletters that, uh, that I don't, uh, I don't want to miss uh, a, a little plug for, for Coverager, uh, for example, because it's just a, a fun read and, and mixing a little bit of, uh, of uh, an industry and some, uh, some laugh and technology into the same newsletter. Uh, well done. I don't, I, I don't miss an issue on this one. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, uh, and again, Pascal, thank you so, so much for your, for your um, time. I think it was, it was a ball. And um, but as before we part ways, um, what are some of your closing remarks for our audience? Yeah, no, just, just uh, I think, uh, interesting to see how basically, again, this kind of tech wave is, uh, is reaching uh, yet uh, another industry. And I think it will be very interesting to see which, which directions uh, it takes. So if there's uh, entrepreneurs out there, just kind of an open invitation to, uh, to look into it. Uh, also open invitation because I'm sure there's data scientists out there uh, I don't think there's any more fascinating place now that have, again, a vi wide variety of topics, an expertise that has been building up over 100 years, and the potential to basically uh, shape what will be the, uh, the future of what, you know, is, is a trillion-dollar industry in the U.S. alone. So you're really talking uh, about a, a big piece there. And again, I think very excited to be part of this, uh, this group and, and looking forward to exchanging online or offline more with some of the listeners. Again, uh, Pascal, thank you so, so much. And, and, and good luck with Digital Analytic Catalyst in insurance. So definitely uh, four mountains right there, uh, battling it out. And love to have you back uh, sometime in future talking about your journey and sharing some of other insights. And thank you so much for candidly uh, discussing with our communities what all what all migrants insurance are facing today and, and how they can cope up with that and, and truly appreciate your time here thank you for to it bye bye bye